Welcome back to Droolish, Episode 5, Part 4. Likely Episode 8 on iTunes. I don't know. I'm your host, Joey Montano. Just like last episode, no music. Let's dive right in. Number 61. Blood Lad. This is a show that I really liked, despite it being only 10 episodes. And I can kind of see why most other people wouldn't, to be fair. This is more of a person, obviously it's a perfect personal preference, but with a score of a 7.47, not too terrible, ranks at 1,802, with a popularity of 173, according to my anime list. The synopsis is more or less this. Staz Charlie Blood is a powerful vampire who rules the eastern district of the demon world. According to rumors, he's a bloodthirsty and merciless monster, but in reality, He's just an otaku obsessed with Japanese culture and is completely uninterested in human blood. Leaving the management of his territory to his underleagues, Staz spends his days lazing around indulging in anime, manga, and games. He's a pretty good manager, kind of think about it. Anyway, when Fumi Yanagi, a Japanese girl, accidentally wanders through a portal landing into the demon world, Staz is overjoyed. But just as he is starting to feel an unusual attraction to her, his territory is attacked, resulting in Yumi's untimely death. She turns into a wandering ghost, and a crestfallen Staz follows to resurrect her, as this would be being able to travel to the human world, something he has always dreamed of. Bloodland follows Staz and Yumi as soon as joined by Spatial Magician Bell and the Half-Werewolf Wolf as they travel to find magic that can bring humans back to life. That's more or less the story. The, I know, the overall concept for me, just, I love it. Just a, like a, the concept of a badass vampire that loves anime, manga, and he would rather be doing that than actually being like a feudal lord. Um, I just think it's hilarious. But I can kind of see where people are turned away because of the fact that you have some lazy guy who just happens to be like very strong OP um, for no reason. Uh, that's not even mentioned. So it, that is kind of the uh, negative that I would probably point out right away and probably a, a lame flaw um, that I can imagine some other people would talk about. The art style, really, I loved. Like, yellow, black, more bold. Just set the screams that, like, hey, like stuff's going to happen. Like, watch out. Uh, the characters aren't really too memorable outside of the main character who just at least for me, or maybe a couple characters, but like the main character, Staz, he, I don't know, his unique, for me, he has a very unique character design in the world that is, I don't know, it's just more, it's hard, for, it's hard for me to explain, so I'm going to skip it. Maybe another time, folks, uh, maybe a year from now, I can give a better, better synopsis of, of this, uh, when I'm much better at doing reviews. Now, generally, I do like to say that and I feel like it's very valid, too, when I say you have to take a show for its face value. Well, for Bloodlad's case, I, like I said, I am favoring it because of the unique concept. And the anime itself did start out pretty amazing. Like, the first few episodes was awesome concept, really cool. I was a big fan of the music. Um, but what it seemed to struggle with down the road, like in the later episodes, and there's only ten episodes, is that it did feel like it was a bit of a drag later on, which... Like I said, if you're someone who likes to invest your effort into an anime through like the whole experience, like this is still a pretty good show, at least to me. But you will notice like a 
difference in quality and and it is a decent mix between like action comedy and whatnot but it's it does feel like with a shorter episode span that they were really struggling with pacing at some points but the art overall and like i mentioned art and style loved it but it's just i don't know just overall i'm very happy with the anime and i think if there were more episodes it probably would be a bit higher on my score but it's like I said, I love it. I actually could probably watch it again. Maybe I would have to look at it with a different lens. But uh, like I said, I was very stricken with the, the concept and the initial start. And I think that pretty much wrote it to the end of like the series of those 10 episodes. So very solid. Definitely worth checking out if Vampires is something in your alley, uh, especially for the anime world. Like I know people who just love vampires and everything about vampires. So if that's on your list, definitely check it out. Number 62. Pokemon. Yes. Pokemon, I think I'm just going to count the initial Indigo season. You know, the season where everyone actually watched the show. Uh, you know, the original 150 Pokemon is pretty much where I stand with the anime. Uh, with the series as a franchise, I mean, the franchise as a whole, I know there are a lot more out there and there's just so much to keep track of. Uh, it's just tough, but I probably should hop on Pokemon Go again because I know a lot of people still play it. And I probably should be more up-to-date with Pokemon. But that's besides the point. Pokemon the show, the anime, was released on Fox. I do recall this. Because I was sick. In my 7th grade or 6th grade class. No, it was 7th grade. 7th grade middle school class. I was sick. And at 2 o'clock on Fox TV, I saw the second, very second episode of the show Pokemon. It just happened to be airing. And I was just like, what the heck is this show? What is this, an animes? Is this a real animes? Is that what animes look like? Is that, what that, what's that yellow creature? Is that a, is that a puppy dog? No, it's, it's a Pikachu. Uh, and little did I know, like, that show is going to be a force to be reckoned with back then. Like, it's, uh, you know, the storylines and everything, the storyline, the concept, everything else, it's whatever. It's just a, it's a kid's show. But the overall, like, for me, it was like a good introduction into anime. Uh, especially at a young age, you know, next to, like, Sailor Moon, but, like, I didn't know what anime was, really, at the time. And to see, like, a cartoon where, like, animals are getting hurt and the main character is legitimately, like, legitimately, like, fighting for his life as a kid just, like, completely, like, blew my mind of, like, what was actually out there. Uh, and the fact that it was showing on Fox as a quote-unquote kid show just was just like, what? Like, like you know, what? what dimension am I in? So, I'm not going to go explain everything about Pokemon in this case, because I am sure most of you have watched an episode of Pokemon in one way, shape, or form. And, you know, Ash tries to become Pokemon Master, he has to, he has to go through these eight gym members, or yeah, gym leaders, and you, and you follow that journey. I'm hard-pressed to believe that most of you have, I mean, I just can't believe no one has not heard of Pokemon. If you're listening to this, like, I'm 99.99999% sure you've heard of Pokemon. And at least it was an anime. As opposed to a game. So, uh, certainly Pokemon does the job. It's a kid's show. It's entertaining. It's not supposed to be taken super seriously, but you do follow the journey of Ash Ketchum, who mysteriously stays 12 for the last 20 years. But he, you know, he just does his thing with this 
characters are very easy to remember. It's Ash, Brock, Mystique. Those are the three main. And then you got Pikachu, Team Rocket, Jesse, and James. And Mia. Those are very easy to remember names, and I think that actually is a big reason why like that show became really big, is that it wasn't too crazy for you know Westerners to adapt to to that. Uh, certainly a big influence, and obviously like Digimon and like that, you know, those other shows came out. I did not watch Digimon, so it's not going to be ranked here. So if you were waiting for Digimon, I'm sorry. Try again next year. Maybe I might watch that show, but it's highly unlikely. You never know. Pokemon does come in with a rank of 2009, with their score of 7.42. Its popularity is 238 and was released in the spring of 1997. So yes, I was about 12 years old. Yeah, that makes sense. 276 episodes as mentioned for the Pokemon, and I don't know if that is the whole series or the first season. Or maybe it's just, yeah, it could be the whole series, but... Um, what I do recall is the first season, I think there's like 50 episodes, and it's on Netflix. It literally says, Pokemon Indigo League. That is the main one that I'm talking about for this anime. I can't imagine me going out of my way to watch all the series unless if I had a kid, and I'd say, hey, watch the show. Learn about Pokemon. Keep your time busy. Do that. I don't know. I don't know if that's even the right thing to say, but I don't know. Moving on. 63. Kakaguri. Or Kakiguri. Yeah, Kakiguri. This anime was released last year, I believe in the spring of 2018. Or the winter of 2017. Oh, no, summer of 2017. Oh, wow. So this was released in the summer of 2017. I can't believe I watched this two years ago. This came out on Netflix not too recently. And it came out with the dubbed and the sub. It's a pretty interesting one-off anime. I would probably have ranked this higher, and I'll probably and I'll explain why. Um, why it's ranked number... 50 or 60, 63. Kakaguri follows more or less uh, the I'll just give the synopsis here. Unlike many schools, attending Yakako Private Academy prepares students for their first time in the real or for their time in the real world. Since many of the students are children of the richest people in the world, the academy has its quirks that separate it from all others. By day, it's a normal school, educating its pupils in history, languages, and the like. But at night, it turns into a gambling den, educating them in the art of dealing with money and manip manipulating people. Money is power. Those who come out on top of the game stand on top of the school. Yumiko Jabami, a seemingly naive and beautiful transfer student, is ready to try her hand at Yakako's special curriculum. Unlike the rest, she doesn't play to win, but for the thrill of the gamble. And her borderline insane way of gambling might be might just bring too many new cards to the table. No. Most of my... I'm assuming most of the listeners here, if you're at the six-hour mark... Are we at the six-hour mark? Yeah, six-hour mark. A little bit past. Most of the listeners, if you know me or you might have seen me in the past or have conversations with me, you know I come from a poker background. I play a lot of... I used to play a lot of poker. I am a big stats analytical guy. Uh... Even currently, I still do a lot of uh, consulting and Google and you know, work with ads and performance metrics. But the the biggest passion or appeal for me is still the numbers, the numbers game and the aspect of gambling. I'm not a complete e-gen gambler, but 
I do have a lot of gambling tendencies that if given the option to do nothing or to put $20 on red and black, I'm always going to do the red and black, as long as I can have the money to spare. What I love about this show is that it it's very connected with me and my personality type of just loving the art of the gamble, loving the fun aspect, the thrill of it. And it's not really so much to win, it's just the idea of winning a certain game or finding the right outcome or just trying to not more or less game the system but to find the right path of like maximum optimization or you know the best plus ev move i mean like like for me and other people that might think that way that is like those those could be like hours of discussions of like mathematical equations and see i'm rambling on about things that you probably don't care about so going back to the anime Aside from the thrill of the gamble, she is incredibly smart, and the whole series just follows her beating boss after boss in these different types of gambling games, or, you know, these gambles, or games that they play. Most of these games aren't traditional, they're usually there's some unique twist, and I really don't want to go too in-depth into it, but uh, I'm just a big fan of this in general. Uh, you know, the students who lose the most are usually the ones that are treated terribly and they're more or less treated like dogs and the people who just tend to win or gamble the best or can cheat their way to the top obviously have the most power with only 12 episodes each episode is about i think 20 to 25 minutes long it does have a score of a 7.55 on my anime list ranked at 1544 with a popularity of 171 171 is fairly high, all things considered, for a one-off anime that has 12 episodes seen, especially on Netflix. Now, there are some things that, while I liked about the show, it for me, it just seemed like it was a little bit too much at times, where I love absurdity, but you can't, like, the idea of a gamble, more or less, is, like, there has to feel like there's some gamble at stake, and with the main character, she's just too much of a badass like way too much of a badass so for me there's not really a sense of like real danger throughout and you're more just following her and her just awesomeness which again is a cool thing but when you have a show that's focused on gambling like an element of luck and you still like op your way to victory despite how many mathematical edges you can get i i don't know it just doesn't you know it takes away from the impact of actually of, of having a gamble like for me, it's like the use of complete information. Use that to calculate your risk and do whatnot. And in this show, it's more of like, can you just outlevel your opponent's head without any like anime, without any gambling aspect? At least that's the feeling. And I guess part of that too could probably have something to do with the score and, and like the the sound, like the visual, not the visuals, like the musical, like the compositions. And looking, talking about it now, I'm thinking about it, I don't recall. The music really popping out like or anything that would come out and make me jump and say oh man this is like this really got to me it's, it's not that it's just a really great one-off anime that if it, it is done well enough to where you'll enjoy the show if you're someone that loves gambling or if you just like really psychotic women acting crazy number 64 now before i reveal number 64 I want to make it clear that number 64 through about 79. A lot of these are going to be anime that I've watched, liked, and or anime that I have not fully completed, but I like them enough to 
at least in my mind, already ranked them above anime that I fully watched and I didn't enjoy as much. I think that's fairly fair, considering that, at least in my head and how I think about shows and anime, it's like how much I enjoyed them and how much I liked them, and if I think a show, if I enjoyed a show that had fewer episodes, despite not me finishing it, was more enjoyable than a terrible show, then I think it should be ranked higher. Again, these are in the middle of the pack shows that could be good, that are still good. That are still good. It's just between the enjoy. I guess I would say levels of enjoyment and all the criteria I'm going to be mentioning. So, just wanted to set that foundation as we dive into number 64, which is Full Metal Panic. Equipped with a cutting edge weaponry and specialized troops, a military organization named Mithril strives to extinguish the world's terrorism and all threats to peace the earth. The organization is powered by the Whispered individuals who possess intuitive knowledge and the remarkable ability to create powerful devices and machinery. 17-year-old Sousuke Sagara, a sergeant working for Mithril, has been assigned to protect Kaname Chidori, a Whispered candidate. He is ordered to join her high school class and be as close to her as possible to, to prevent her from falling into the enemy hands. That is, if he can safely blend in with their fellow classmates without revealing his true identity. Sasuke, who, Sasuke, yeah, Sasuke, Sasuke, ah, Sasuke, I'm terrible, Sasuke, who was raised on a battlefield and was very, with very little knowledge of an average high school student's lifestyle, must adapt to a normal, ordinary school life to safeguard Kaname. However, enemy forces have already begun making their move, and Sasuke must find out that the adversary is coming for the whispered girl may be a lot more familiar than she expects, than he expects. That was quite a synopsis, I'm not going to lie. I did like this show overall. Uh, I would say, I mean, on, at my anime list, it was ranked uh, 225th in popularity, with a score of a 7.73, which I guess is a score of, what, or ranked number 1061. This was released in 2002, which is very surprising to me, as this show has been out for 17 years. There has been 24 episodes, and I would say this was this would be defined as more of an action, like it's action comedy with some mecha. So it is a bit of a mecha show, but I do enjoy at least most of the interactions between, I believe, uh, you know, Sasuke and <coughs> excuse me, uh, Kanami. Now I would put this in the pleasantly surprised category because it was a mecha. And, again, I'm not big fans of it, but, again, the storyline and everything else I found pretty intriguing. And I really do like the character dynamics of a show that can mix action and comedy, um, or mix multiple elements. And it doesn't seem to take itself super too seriously, but the same vein, you know, it is a fairly serious show. So that's kind of where I'm at with the show. It is rated R17+, so I guess maybe it's more gory than I thought, but I don't recall it being very gory at all. There is a second season that did come out, and I don't recall when it came out, and this review is strictly focused on like the first season that I've watched. So, the jury's still out. I can uh, probably will watch the second season uh, in full, and I will probably re- reassess this and where it could be placed, but I did thoroughly enjoy this anime, um, but I don't think it really left like a huge impact 
And I don't think it was like the be the best anime out there. It's just a solid anime. It's something I would recommend if you are into mechas or just an action comedy. It's something worth watching. Number 65. Kenka Bachao Atome. Girl Beats Boys. This comes in at a whopping score rank of 5,585. Wow. Uh, I'm just pulling it up right now on my anime list with a score of a 6.59. Its popularity of 2018. It was released in 2017 and there are about, there are actually 12 episodes. Episodes are 8 minutes long. So, despite my opinion of ranking it, despite it being in the bottom, bottom tier 65th, it, I actually think the show is a lot better than what my anime list portrays it as. The uh, overall, overall synopsis. Kenka Bachao Atome, Girl Beats Boys. Hinako Nakayama has spent all of her life being raised in state-run orphanages. Orphanage. Orphanages. There we go. Without ever knowing her family. She's about to enter high school. Hinako is approached by Hikaru, a boy who claims to be her twin brother. According to Hikaru, Hikaru and Hinako are the children of the head of the powerful Onigashima, Yakuza family and Hikaru wants Hinako to switch places with him at uh, Shishiku Academy, an all-boys school overrun with the nation's toughest delinquents. Can Hinako save her brother, find romance, and become the new boss of the school? So, essentially, it's just a girl literally just kind of looks like a boy just kicking butt for, like, 12 episodes. And eight minutes an, eight minutes an episode. So this is literally, if you binge-watch it, 96 minutes total that's a little bit over an hour and a half. So, the anime can be done just like that. You know, it's there isn't much to the anime. It's just an enjoyable anime where you don't really think too much. I watched it about a year ago, I believe, with my wife, and we were just literally just binged it, probably while just cleaning around the house. wasn't thinking too much. I enjoyed it for what it was, which is just a, I don't know, I, I it's... It's kind of like going to like a summer blockbuster film where you know like the movie isn't going to be that great, like overall, but you know it's just going to be like an enjoyable experience. Yeah. That's kind of the mindset I put myself in when watching this particular anime. It's and it, it's the type of show that I really actually don't watch too frequently. The genres technically are action, martial arts, school, and uh, shujo. I don't know what shujo means exactly. Again. I am not super in-depth with these uh, terminologies. I'm just a regular guy who just likes to watch anime, specifically. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, currently on Crunchyroll, and I think it's also on the Funimation app with the, with the dub. So, if you're interested, check it out if you're just not really in the mood to think, and, you know, while you're watching the show. Number 66. Full Metal Alchemist. Now, I could already imagine some of you are probably thinking, oh no, Full Metal Alchemist, it's at the bottom bottom half. It must be terrible, terrible. Well, no, it's not terrible. It's still a pretty decent anime. It's solid. I mean, if I were to give it a score, it would probably be like between, I don't know, 8.5 or 9 out of 10. So we're still in like a pretty good range or pretty enjoyable range, as I would like to call it. Uh, I don't, I'm not the kind of giving, like I said, anime scores, it just seems, uh, doesn't seem real subjective, and at least the ranking is more subjective to at least what I prefer, 
and hopefully it resonates to what you guys would prefer as well. That being said, Full Metal Alchemist comes in with a score of 8.27 according to my anime list, ranked number 280, which leaves it as the 31st most popular anime according to the site. Now, it is and has been overshadowed by Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Now, I don't know the specific details about the differences, uh, but I pretty sure the Brotherhood is more based off of the manga and I think the Full Metal Alchemist non-Brotherhood edition has has slightly varied from the manga or I think it has its own original like written material source uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong I just I am not going to speak like as if I know that it was released in the fall of 2003 and I think a number of people who, who watched the initial run probably saw it on either Toonami or Adult Swim when they, I think they played it like every Saturday night or I think every weeknight and uh, it's, it's based off of the manga as I mentioned and the synopsis is very similar to The Brotherhood where um, it follows the story of Edward Elric and his brother um, you know they lose the arm body and I'm not going to go too deep into it and I'm actually not going to be going too deep into the synopsis of how the story arcs go I um, just wanted to point out that there is a main difference between them. There is 51 episodes in this particular se- particular series. If you were to ask me which series uh, you would probably prefer, just my you know objective opinion. More often than not, you're probably going to favor Brotherhood over Full, Full Metal Alchemist, the non-Brotherhood version. I think the animation between both shows is pretty similar as well. I think the newer version obviously looked more crisp, but uh, I think the character design and models were pretty spot on for both. I don't, I mean, there was, I, I can't imagine there were too many differences right off the top of my head that were noticeable. It's just more, more, all, more overall, people preferred the storytelling and I guess, you know, the plot and character development in the Brotherhood version. So, that's more or less where I have it placed, number... 66 number 67 Dura Dura two with two exclamation points now Dura Dura I first watched this a few years ago I believe in 2016 or 2015 uh, popped up on my Netflix feed and this is a pretty interesting anime where it follows well it, essentially it's based in the downtown Tokyo district of uh, was Ikebukuro 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 there you go wow everything makes sense when you sound it out slowly Ikebukuro emits many strange rumors and warnings of anonymous gangs and dangerous occupants one urban legend stands out above the rest is the existence of the headless black rider who is said to be seen driving a jet black motorcycle through the city streets Mikuru Ryugame Wait, oh my god, Nikado Ryugaime. Yeah. Has always longed for the excitement of the city life and an invitation of a childhood friend that convinces him to move to Tokyo. Witnessing the Black Rider on his first day in the city, he, wish, he wishes his wish already seems to be granted. But as supernatural events begin to occur, ordinary citizens like himself, along with Ikebukuro's, those colorful inhabitants are mixed up in the in the commotion breaking out in their city. Yeah, so it's almost like a mix of like 
I can't say slice of life. It's a interesting, it's like mystery, supernatural, sci-fi type of feel. Uh, it's won a lot of performances, or like won a lot of like awards, I believe. Uh, let's see. They're nominated for the best male, best, best male lead vocal performance, best voice acting. Oh, it's more, more of a background performance, like performance, not the actual show. Um, the score does, like I mentioned, has an 8.26. Popularity is 38, ranked 283, according to my anime list. I didn't know the show was that popular. I've heard some rumblings on the internet, but I have not really seen too many um, like videos like on the analysis, like on Netflix, or too much hype regarding it. Now, I thoroughly did enjoy the first season, which was about 20, either 12 or 24 episodes, its initial run. The overall story is pretty much you know, following the mystery of like the Black Rider and all these other shenanigans that go on. But it, I don't know, it was it was compelling. It never really lost me. Um, I will say, I think the pacing of the series is a little bit longer than what I would anticipate, or at least what I would like to see. Uh, the series does tend to drag on at certain points, but I think the pacing does enough to compel you to stay interested throughout the whole run. Now, there are other seasons, I believe, that have come out, like Dura Dura 2. Uh, I don't know if I would separate those as different anime, and I have not watched those um, episodes yet either, so I'm only judging the anime based off of the first season. So keep that in mind. The art style, I actually found it to be kind of standard to what you normally see in anime, but not I don't know, it has more of a realistic feel compared to some of the other anime I've included on the list, but I wouldn't say the art style is anything to write home about. The animation quality, I think, was pretty spot on, especially in more of their action sequences, and I, I don't know, I, I, I thought the animation was very fluid um, from, start, from start to end, so if that's your jam, definitely um, put that in your like plus column of something to at least worth watch um, but like I said I want to go out of my way to actually watch the show for its animation it's not that good the uniqueness and concept I don't think it's particularly too unique or ridiculous yeah the subplot involves like a Yakuza and there's like a, it's more of like it feels like a mystery type of anime but uh, I don't know it's just like I said, it, it seems like it's just a solid show but it just never uh, just never struck me as anything that was like a 10 out of 10, the best, the best shiz, I guess, I would say, ever. But hey, that's just my opinion. Moving on. Number 68. Terror in Residence. Now, I am pretty... I think it's also known as uh, Terror in Tokyo or Terror of Residence 2. And... It comes in at the rank of 82 in popularity, according to my anime list, and a rank of 365 with a score of 8.18. So it's a pretty solid anime overall. This, from what I recall, is a short series, about 11 episodes, and I have it ranked here at number 68. Uh, mainly because of a couple things. One, I've only watched about eight or nine episodes of the series, and I have been thoroughly enjoying it from what I've watched, but since I have not finished it all the way, 
again, I, it's still up for grabs, but at least uh, from what, again, what, from what I've seen, um, that's where I'm currently ranking it at. The overall synopsis, painted in red, the word Vaughn is all that is left behind after a terrorist attack on a nuclear facility in Japan. The government is shattered by their inability to act, and the police are left frantically searching for ways to crack down the perpetrators. The public are clueless until, six months later, a strange video makes its way onto the internet. In it, two teenage boys who identify themselves as Sphinx directly challenge the police turning to cause destruction and mayhem across Tokyo. Unable to stop a mass panic quickly spreads through the city, and desperate for any leads in their investigation, the police struggle to act efficiently against these terrorists, with Detective Kinjuru uh, Shibazaki caught in the middle of it all. Terror of Residence tells the story of 9 and 12, the two boys behind the masked figures of Sphinx. They should not exist, yet they stand strong in the world of deception and secrets while they make the city fall all around them, all in the hopes of burying their own tragic truth. So, it's a pretty, I don't know, interesting anime. It's, a, I think, the first episode first couple episodes get you really involved uh seems like the anime ends up getting seems like the anime when it starts off has a lot of hype going into it Uh, you get pretty hooked into the beginning and uh throughout the middle episodes it still seems very interesting overall with kind of well i don't want to give away the spoilers but the i don't know dynamic between the three main characters uh i don't know i just found that to be interesting it's uh, you know, I wish, I wish I can give like more of a thorough review on why I like the show, but oh man, it's I don't know, it's um, I don't know, it just seems like a different journey to watch. Just nothing I didn't really hate or don't hate currently about it. The concept is you're more or less following these two guys who are part of a terrorist organization, and you get to learn like why they're doing the things and their history, and me that you know puts a lot of points in a uniqueness concept and and shows that kind of dive deeper into more of the psyche of particular people and kind of working their way though like of like understanding the root causes of x events those types of shows tend to grip me more uh mainly i don't know maybe because i like to try to figure things out as i go but uh, i don't know I don't like shows where I have to think too, too much. I don't want to, I don't want to have to work for like 45 minutes or like two seasons to figure out something. It just seems like too much work on my time off when I'm already thinking like half the day. Hmm. Anyway, Terror Residence is a newer anime released in 2014, uh, summer of 2014 as a matter of fact. So the animation definitely has a feel, has more of a realistic feel. I think the backgrounds and the imagery I think are probably the standing point like i would say the the outstanding mark if i were to grade it uh overall with the show i don't know i think the background scenery just seems it feels very calming and realistic and uh, i don't think you actually get too much of that in more more modern day anime where people tend to focus or animators tend to focus more more on like the characters or the visuals that are kind of more related into into the universe versus something that might be more realistic. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just rambling on. Oh, well, actually, I'm definitely rambling on. Number 69. Fairy tale. Now, I feel like 
I think this is appropriate for Fairy Tale for number 69. And I know a lot of people have watched Fairy Tale, and when I first uh, heard of Fairy Tale, I think it was probably the most hyped anime at the time around the spring of 2014. And uh, what seemed like. I don't know what I really liked about it initially it just seemed like it was a fresh shonen anime that probably had the makings of kind of taking over like the next Naruto or One Piece and um, I'm not to say that it hasn't really taken over that spot specifically and with like an episode run of at least according to Funimation like in the well 250 plus episodes uh, someone else can verify it but um, I've pretty much got up to the fairy tale I think zero part around the mid 200s or late 100s one of those and uh, overall this this anime tends to be a love slash hate relationship I have with it uh, and uh, for the most part I think the reason why I have it lower on my rank uh, at least on my scale is is that I enjoyed the anime thoroughly early on uh, you know, finding more about finding out about the characters, the world, uh, kind of getting the the feel with like the pacing of the of their storylines and uh, under you know how, being introduced with with a cast that seems to have like a very diverse set of awesome characters. Everything just seemed pretty pretty cool and genuine. And later on, it seemed like throughout I don't know maybe episode hundred plus, maybe a little bit after that. It just seemed like every victory was just BS in a sense of, hey, like let's just keep believing in the power of friendship, and the power of friendship can win overall. And the whole idea of joining, you know, a magic guild and having all these crazy powers to only have like a, you know, a lame trump card, you know, such as the power of friend, you know, friendship, uh, it just seems kind of, I don't know, blah, over over time, and. I uh, also wasn't really a big fan of, and I know, spoiler alert, you can, well, it doesn't really matter, half of you probably even are probably just listening to these ranks and just judging, like, oh, yeah, I can't believe you ranked at number 69, how, how could you, um, without even caring about the logic, and to be honest, these are just my opinions, so it doesn't really matter if you get upset about these opinions, that's kind of on you, but feel free to actually voice your concerns if I'm way off base, because if I'm way off base... I might actually go back rewatching anime in my spare time, and when I come back, I don't know a year from now. Who knows? Maybe your anime might be ranked much higher. Much higher. Uh, I feel like my my tongue is just uh, dry. Give me give me one second and drink some water. <sighs> much better. All right, so. I did not mention the uh, ranking they have it on my anime list, but it is the 113th most popular anime on my anime list, which is kind of surprising because I thought this anime had much more momentum uh, currently in going in. But I believe the series did end uh, late in like, 2018, but again, I could be wrong. I, I did fall out of the uh, fairy tale like, fandom scene. But that doesn't mean I hate the show. Like I said, I'm just very happy with the show. It just seemed like after 107 episodes, the storylines almost felt like rehashed. And, and I never, I don't know, it just never really got me back in. Um, but, again, I'm still reserving a lot of the good episodes uh, 
in kind of like my consideration for the rank. So there you have uh, Fairy Tale number 69. Number 70. Number 70, I have Birdie the Mighty Decode. Now, I really don't even know how I ran into this anime. Uh, it's likely through the Funimation app, and what really caught my attention was just that it was probably like a 20-second clip I saw in Funimation. And you know what? I'm going to stop right here and just have a little side rant, because that's what I do in my podcast. Sorry if you, re- if you really were hoping that you were trying to wait out for Birdie show up on this ranking then congratulations you're one of like the six people in the world that were that was very eager on this one but um but anyway my side rant like i wish more of these anime facebook groups or anime uh, channels actually spent time like hyping up the shows that get people interested in watching anime like like at this point in its current year 2019 bro okay so most, I would assume, Eastern and Western civilizations that have the internet understand humor is more or less can be universal. So if you're an anime that wants to become global or you want to try to have your own feel for like an, I don't know, you want to have an anime that's relatable to just about anyone, uh, stick with general human interactions and don't stick with like Eastern culture or even specifically Western culture um, references. So that means like whenever you want to have attempts of showing clips or trailers or humor, like attempts at humor or things that evoke emotion, it would make more sense to highlight those clips that is relatable to everyone, uh, like on those channels. So like a Funimation showed awesome clips of a show that no one knows about, well, people can easily get hyped because they're on a platform where everyone's at. So, you know, it's, it's on them to get that message out and they need to be utilizing it. And, you know, that's just more of a side rant. And I feel like this show, uh, Birdie, uh, yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, Birdie of the Mighty Decode is a show that kind of qualifies for, like, a very underrated and uh, pretty good show that, I don't know, it just seems to fly under the radar. So uh, it has a score of a 7.51 on my anime list, which gives it a pretty okay rank of 1668 with a popularity of 1,419. So, when you... Sorry. Sometimes you have to exhale, and I tend to hold my breath in a little bit, but... The overall popularity and rank of the school kind of just makes you think, you know, it's just an okay anime, and... I think the anime itself is probably better than okay. Like, I think it's a good 8.5-ish, 9-score anime that... Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I tend to like these anime that uh, that either you don't take too seriously or or you take it very seriously. And this is anime where you can take it as serious as... I don't know. You can take it pretty seriously and then it's... How should I explain this? Well... It, I don't know. If Hipster were an anime, this would probably be the right anime. Um, you'd want to watch, which, again, I don't know if that even makes any sense, but, um, but synopsis, I'll just quick tell you guys, because I feel like I'm just rambling on again, but, uh, while pursuing, while pursuing an alien fugitive, uh, Ernie Siphon Altera, a bombastic police officer from, from the Space Federation, finds herself on Earth. Her target, Genga, or Giga has disguised himself as a human and 
simulated into the fashion industry. Severity follows suit and joins a modeling agency, taking on the identity Cheyenne Arita. Her position as a rising model oh sorry. Her position as a rising model has her posing for photo shoots by day and chasing intergalactic criminals by night. Meanwhile, uh, Satomu uh, Sankawa, an average high school student, explores an abandoned building with his friend, and coincidentally, Birdie has tracked down Giga to the same building. Sakawa briefly witnesses the battle before being seized as a hostage by Giga. However, Birdie, oblivious, attacks Giga and accidentally kills Sankawa. Distraught, she quickly decides to save him by integrating her consciousness into uh, sorry, integrating his consciousness into her body. Now Birdie and Sankawa must not only cohabitate in the same body, but also balance Sankawa's high school life, Shianarita's modeling career, and Birdie's in- increasingly dangerous job as a Federation officer. So Hopefully that was a decent synopsis because I actually, I actually think that was well written and that was written by M.A.L. Rewrite. So I think that's my M.A. List Rewrite. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, so the concept plot is more or less, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just following the story of Birdie and her life of trying to solve this crime and now she has to share the body of a, her consciousness with a kid that she killed and it's just, you know, anime world shenanigans to that extent. Uh, it's the animation and art quality is probably I would say like C grade. Like I'm not gonna lie, I, mean, I can't I can't hype up to say like the like the animation's phenomenal. It's you know it seems like it was from a lower budget film. Uh, the animation style or the art style I personally am a fan of. It just seems it has more of a, uh, has a more of an offbeat feel. Something that I personally like but i can see why several other people probably would probably be put off the storyline itself isn't thoroughly enticing i would say like if the anime holds its own it has decent pacing it doesn't it does a foundational great job of a lot of things there's just nothing that extraordinarily stands out with the anime so that's why i think this anime never really picked up as much traction as it should but I also think this is just a very underrated anime because it is not being representative based off of the scores that I'm seeing. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I see the 7.5 and I feel like it's at least one tier higher than that. It, at least in my humble opinion. Now, I think there were about, it says 13 episodes on my anime list and they're probably about, oh, I thought there'd be double or triple that in a couple other seasons, but... Uh, but I'm only, like I said, working off of this information that's been given to me on my anime list. So, again, people, if you're listening, uh, feel free to correct me. I can guarantee you I've probably made at least a good hundred different errors right now. So, um, but that's fine. That's fine. Number 71. Black Butler. Now, I believe there are two seasons that might have been separated, but I'm going to count Black Butler as a whole. Uh, and... Yeah, there was a. It was aired in the fall of 2008 through the fall of 2009. And I saw this on Netflix a good seven or eight years ago, and they should have had a second season that came out as well. Now, it's, uh, it's based off of a young, I think it's CL, uh, Phantom Hive, is known as the Queen's Guard Dog, taking care of many unsettling events that occur in the Victorian England for Her Majesty. Aided by Sebastian, this loyal butler with seemingly inhuman abilities, 
Seal uses whatever means necessary to get the job done. But is there more to this black-clad butler than meets the eye? In Seal's past lies a secret tragedy that enveloped him in perennial darkness. During one of his bleakest moments, he formed a contract with Sebastian, a demon, bargaining his soul in exchange for vengeance upon who wronged him. Today, not only is Sebastian one hell of a butler, but that one hell of a butler, if anyone watches the show, you'll get what I mean, but he is also the perfect servant to carry out his master's orders, all while anticipating the delicious meal that will that he will eventually make of Seal's soul. As the two work, as the two work to unravel the mystery behind Seal's chain of misfortunes, a bond forms between them that neither heaven nor hell can tear apart. So this is, to me, a, a nice mix of sci-fi, comedy, action, uh, anime, where you know this guy, he has a butler that can pretty much do anything, um, but the cost will be he will eventually eat this guy's soul. So you follow the story of these two people and the adventures that they kind of go in back and forth. Uh, I don't think the show, obviously, is not supposed to be taken too seriously, especially if you watch the dub. They, You can tell they kind of just stop caring about taking themselves seriously based off of their use of corny jokes. But uh, to me, I, I, you know, I, I always have a soft spot for those types of jokes, and especially around the time where I watched this anime in the early 2010s, uh, kind of watching these types of kind of not not overly thoughtful anime that uh, that was just more enjoyable uh, got me to not really think about like the darker things that were kind of going on in the world and and I don't know it you know it, it kept me uh, distracted in in a good way um, also it's also a nice show to watch if you happen to have a girlfriend at the time or a wife that likes anime and uh, luckily my wife loves these types of shows too where it's more like vampire demon stuff for me it's just I don't know, easy watching, so it's solid for me. The plot isn't, I don't think it's too out of the ordinary compared to what I, compared to, to all the other plots I might have mentioned on the show so far. Just, I don't, I don't know, I don't think it's too zany. It's the character development, I don't think there is too much. Um, it seems like both the butler and the main guy seem to have a pretty good chemistry right out of the gate, so... Um, well, I don't know. It, it mentions like their chemistry bonds over time, and it seems like they've already uh, bonded from the get-go. I, I really don't have too much to add to this anime. Uh, it was scored at 7.95, which ranked at 641 with a popularity of 69. Interesting. So, the 69th most, po- most popular anime, and this is ranked number 71 according to me, so... It's not really a coincidence. These are just numbers I'm throwing out that make it sound like it's a coincidence. So don't take what I'm saying too seriously. Number 72. Fate Zero. Now, I've actually heard a lot about this anime, even going into this podcast. And I watched this anime about like, four or five years ago. It was on Netflix. And coincidentally, I've only watched maybe six episodes which blows my mind considering the amount of talk that's, as, it, as it's been gotten I can't even speak how much despite the amount of talks it's been getting for the last couple of years and there should be a couple other seasons that have been released after that as well 
So when I talk about Fate Zero, I'm going to talk about the anime as a whole and the potential other seasons, which I know it sucks to say at this point, but I have not watched the whole show. So now, now, before I think about it too deeply, before I say it sucks, it actually um, doesn't suck. <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm, I'm clearly losing it. So I just have not watched the anime as a whole. And the first four or five episodes, I honestly thought the pacing was a little bit slow. And it was hard for me to continue watching. And eventually, as life comes in, another anime pop up. Uh, Fate Zero just happened to lose its interest for me. So, even though it has a score of an 8.41 on my anime list with a rank of 160, and it's very popular, coming in at number 46 in popularity. It just has not worked out for me. And maybe I'll help myself up by reading a review or a synopsis. You know, screw I'm going to go over the synopsis. So, with the promise of granting any wish, the omnipotent Holy Grail triggered three wars in the past, each too cruel and too fierce to leave a victor. In spite of that, the wealthy Iceburn family is confident that the fourth Holy Grail war will be different. Why? I don't know. They just think that way. Namely, with the vessel of the Holy Grail now under grasp, solely for this reason, the much-hated Magus Killer. Magus or Magus? Someone correct me. Um, Kretsuku Imaya is hired by the uh, Eisburns with the marriage, oh, sorry, with marriage to only their daughter, Iris Veal, as binding contract. Oof. Wow. That was a lot. A lot of big words. Anyway. Kuritsugu, yeah, I said that right, yeah, Kuritsugu now stands at the center of the cutthroat game of survival, facing off against six other participants, each armed with ancient, sorry, each armed with, a, with an ancient familiar and fueled by unique desires and ideals. Accompanied by his own familiar saber, the notorious mercenary soon finds his greatest opponent in Kirei Kiro, Kiro Mini, a priest, a priest who seeks salvation from the emptiness within himself in pursuit of Kuritsugu. Kuritsugu. Yeah, Based on a light novel written by Jean Urobuchi, uh, Fate Zero depicts the events of the Fourth Holy Grail War ten years prior to Fate's Day Night, witness a battle royale in which no one is guaranteed to survive. So, I don't know if I even did a good job of explaining that synopsis. I know when it comes to kind of reading these on the spot, I probably should do a little bit of studying, but yeah, also kind of defeats the purpose of this podcast where I just go on and ramble. Because if I actually sound normal, then this 10-hour episode will probably only be about four hours or six hours. Anyway. Um, the anime itself, I thought the animation was pretty... I mean, the overall quality of the anime is great. Like, I know why it could be great. It should be great. It's just, just not my cup of joke. Like, I just can't explain why I think it's just an okay anime. I feel like I'm in the wrong here, but I just can't. I can't agree with the people. Um, so far, I could be proven wrong when they watch like the next 20 episodes or something, but I've only gotten to the point where they tried shooting some guy and then things didn't go right. And I don't know. It just doesn't... I don't know. It just doesn't feel authentic. I can't explain it. That's just me. I'm probably way off base here. Anyway, uh, it's still good. It's just not me. I get it why it's good, but it's not. 
um, for me. Moving on. Down to fire ants. I want to remind you that we are heading into hour number seven. So with about three more hours left, I think I've actually made pretty good time in catching up with a lot of these uh, ranks. And again, thank you for staying here if you're up. I really hope you're falling asleep. This is just kind of the gist of the podcast. I really just wanted to stick to one subject. Now, I'm thinking about not making these 10 hours long, uh, believe it or not. This is probably going to take me between 20 to 40 hours to actually produce, create, go through the list and edit and try to figure all this stuff out. Uh, as much as I try to want to speak for 10 hours straight, I really only have the energy to do about um, 60 to 90 minutes, maybe every day or two between my work and whatnot. Um, but again, I, I really do appreciate some of you guys uh, downloading. And if you keep downloading and you enjoy the podcast, seriously, just uh, say hi to me on Twitter. I know I'm not super active on Twitter, but I, I really want to uh, actually be more active in the community and especially more in the podcasting space. Um, and kind of in hindsight too, uh, again, I, I do tend to talk a little bit more about myself, on, especially on these longer podcasts, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but uh, for me, it's for me, it's just being able to help people and knowing that I'm actually helping someone either fall asleep or maybe this podcast idea isn't too crazy and it's just getting me out there for people and I also consider this a little uh, little bit therapy as well Um, but you know I'm trying to force myself to do a 10 hour show and it it, it, you know it is a little bit grinding and, and a little bit of a stretch but it's certainly doable and it's something that for me I love doing but the cost of this is that it's taking up more energy than I anticipate, so uh, I don't really, I don't, really, I don't really plan to do many of these ten-hour episodes uh, because it just takes too long. Like it will probably take me two to three weeks to produce one ten-hour, one ten-hour episode. One, I could produce three uh, one-hour episodes or two two-hour episodes a, a week, uh, and keep cranking those out uh, without feeling a burnout or or without feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm forcing like a show to be long. And I, I like I like most of my shows where either I stick with one or two subjects, but do know a lot of people don't really want to have like different subjects run on off and like run on over and over again at the same time. So uh, you know I am learning a lot too with this podcast, and uh, and I, I hope you guys get to. Uh, enjoy the journey, and hopefully you guys get to see me improve. And 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 I know right now I'm going more of a little bit long-winded, but um, but during the sections where I talk more specifically about the anime and the, and the things that I really want to keep um, on on task and on subject on on subject, I, I am I am trying to uh, you know make, make improvements. So that said, thoroughly appreciate you guys and. Uh, you know, I try to take all the positive comments, and if it's a negative comments, I have no idea why you're even still here for seven hours if you hated this for so long. So, um, if you don't like it, that's fine. Any good, any good critiques, fine. Um, you know, if it's if it's a constructive, if it's not constructive, then well, I don't really listen to that stuff anyway. So you do you. You could be mean and get you know get yourself off on that. You know, it's harmless, but I'll ignore it anyway. So. Love the constructive criticism, love the positivity as well, and uh, speaking of positivity, let's 
go back to number 73. Coming in at number 73. Number 73 is uh, Beck, also might have been known as Mongolian Chop Squad. Now this is an anime that has won numerous awards according to Funimation, according to my anime list. Uh, I don't see any awards that it's won on my anime list currently, um, but this was deemed as like a critically acclaimed anime, and the overall feel of the anime itself is actually more up my alley. Um, the overall reason why I have it so low ranked at 73 is just simply the fact that I haven't watched it all the way. And I know some of you are going to be like, ah, you know, Joey's going to talk for five more minutes about an anime he has never watched fully. Which I tend to do, and, you know, you can always just fast forward. But if you're not going to do that, well, here's what i got to say about that. Let me go with the Inchop Squad. The anime itself uh, is 26 episodes, and I'm about 14 episodes through. And I've watched this anime, the last time I watched it was about four years ago, about 20, no, 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 three years ago, 2016. And I thoroughly enjoyed watching this anime from start to middle. Now, there has been zero reason why I stopped watching this anime. It just felt like an anime that was very, very nostalgic in a sense where it follows the story of this young 14-year-old boy who, uh, who kind of just was more of like an aloof kid who didn't really have any direction and he ultimately finds his calling in guitar bands and singing and he ultimately like joins a band and, and you kind of get to see his growth over time uh, he has relationships with like girls and his band members you know how he grows become friends and all that stuff and it has more of like a nice slice of life feel to it now part of the slice of life that I think a lot of people really like about the show is that uh, it does take a lot more of a dramatic musical type of tone where, um, you know, it's not all great. You know, the, the main character, I think it's Yaiko, I think that's his name. Uh, no, it's uh, Yukio. Yeah, Yukio. Yukio, you know, he does have his good moments, he does have his bad moments, and you just follow the life of him and his band and how the band changes and, and how... I guess life changes overall in, in time. Uh, with a score of an 8.36, ranked 195, with a popularity of 469, I feel like this is the, I feel like this is where this anime should be, uh, at least on my anime list. Uh, it, it is a pretty good anime from what I've seen, and this is one where I'm actually writing it down as I'm talking to say, hey, I probably should watch this once this podcast is done recording and probably revisit this down the road. Uh, definitely love the visuals of the anime. All the characters obviously have their own different, unique feel and style because it's based off of a band, which most people um, in the band tend to have their own unique look. And I really like shows where this, where, where they convey the realistic nature of, uh, you know, of, of a particular industry or occupation. Uh, for uh, Hijime no Ipo, it you know, they, they really dove into the world of boxing and in certain cases they explained why certain fights do happen and some fights don't happen and that certain that despite how 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 bad we want to have a particular matchup or how, how bad we want a particular outcome to happen you know life doesn't always play out that way 
And it's always, I, you know, I don't, I can't say I love every single ending where it's just like, oh, life happens. It's never, it's always going to be bad. You know, it's like, no, that's not, that's not realistic. It's, it's showing the realistic aspects of life to say it's not all great. You know, there's going to be some bad with it, but, you know, we can't just ignore that as well. That's, that's the kind of stuff that I really like when it comes to, uh, you know, hitting those, like, emotional needles, needles, I guess, in an anime. So, uh, I honestly, I highly recommend Beck, and this probably would be a lot higher have I, had I completed it. Um, the anime probably would be, I don't know, I don't know where I would place it, I just can't fathom it yet, I just need to watch it. But, if I had to guess, it could probably top, or reach the top 25 or top 30. Uh, could be wrong. I don't know. I'm wrong quite frequently. But, moving on. Number 74. Ultimate Otaku Teacher. Now, the name itself doesn't really convey that the show would really be super amazing. I mean, it's just called The Ultimate Otaku Teacher. And I can assume why people don't like this anime are probably going to be the reasons why I like this anime. Sounds crazy, but it has a score of a 6.98, which is probably, I think, the second score on my anime list that I've read that I have on my list that is below a 7. Now, I do, again, to emphasize that this is number 74 in my top anime, which I still deem it as, uh, you know, okay to pretty good in that range. So, so there is a discrepancy. Now, it is in the top 1,000 in popularity in anime, ranked at 999. Though it's not saying much, there have been 24 episodes that have been released on Funimation, to my best knowledge, that you can watch right now. So if you have Funimation, go watch it. Or don't watch it and just listen and go to sleep. Anyway. It follows the story of just a young published uh, physicist who is pretty much a genius badass level 99 ninja can pretty much be a god in the sense of like geniuses um, but he just happens to be a hopeless otaku so he just doesn't want to do anything um, unless it's something that he yearns to do which actually sounds like me where I just at this point just degen in my career and everything else into just projects that I like doing and then just side projects so fun anyway this guy, uh, he decides to forgo his scientific career to maintain and improve his anime blog. However, when he gets hired as a high school physics teacher, his sister no longer is willing to tolerate his neat lifestyle, forces him to take a position. Now, I am pretty sure neat is like someone that just doesn't never want to go outside. It's like there, there's a meaning for it. And I'm going to pull it up right now because I'm very curious. So it means not in education, employment, or training. So yeah, pretty much just someone who just takes up all the resources. That's a freeloader that pretty much lives on his own. You know, I think you guys know some of those guys. Um, I'm not gonna name names because who wants to name them? And I don't. Even, I can't even name names. You're the one that would be thinking about the names if I'm mentioning it. But don't think about it because you should be sleeping or listening to my voice. <laughs> Okay, enough of these enough of these little stupid call-outs. I'm back to the subject at hand. 
the Ultimate Otaku Teacher was released in the spring of 2015. There isn't anything too particularly awesome about this anime, to be honest. He is just a guy who just randomly solves problems, and I like that. You know, I just like it when you have a random level level 99 badass in regular everyday situations. It's almost like watching One Punch Man, um, except this is not for punching people, it's just for solving problems and, I don't know, game-breaking and, and life-hacking random situations, which here's someone who is an entrepreneur or someone who, let's be honest, might be lazy or who's just focused on efficiencies so they can maximize their enjoyment and minimize their pain of doing things they don't want to. This might actually be a pretty interesting anime for for any for those types of people to check out. Uh, you know, he really does teach like, hey, like don't you know, don't listen to what most people say in regards to like following a traditional path, follow your dreams and believe in yourself to all that and I'm actually despite me being a cynic in the world, uh, that those are still things I you know, very well believe in. And we all have our own skills and trades and crafts that we specialize in or we eventually learn to specialize in. And you know, those are skills that people love and, and I encourage other people to develop additional skills that might be a hobby or a pursuit or a passion because I don't know, people like me really admire people who actually hone their craft in something because I'm not I'm not good at I'm not good at almost a lot of things outside of like marketing and salting and I don't know, and even then, you know, it's still um, results-oriented, so. So, yeah, I mean, finding someone who has a passion and a craft and something that they really like is, like, I don't know, that gets me hyped up about a lot of things, so. Uh, maybe that's why I'm hyped up about this anime. It kind of reinforces that stuff. But either way, I'm a fan, so. Uh, it's totally up to you. I can't imagine, I would say... I think about 75% of people would enjoy this anime. Like, if I, like, just, I don't know, if I can just imagine an average person who doesn't really want to think too much about an anime, I think this would, I think this would suffice. It's, it's an okay. Moving on. Number 75. The Ancient Magus Bride. Now again, I don't know if it's Magus or Magus Bride. I should look it up, but I'm going to stick with the um, Mage's Bride. So, this anime, The Ancient Mage's Bride, recently came out in the fall of 2017. I think the dub came out in 2018. Now, I am not going to do this anime justice by trying to give you a thorough review. And I'm not even going to try to give you a thorough synopsis that's read off of my anime list. What I am going to tell you is that I've watched four episodes of the anime. In the first three episodes, the animation and the storytelling from what I've seen and the overall art style already feels like it's going to be one of those cinematic masterpieces that has already kind of brought me in into, into their world. Where this one guy who's like a bone guy, uh, the synopsis will go over it, but um, some bone guy was bought or he bought, like, some 15-year-old Japanese girl for, like, 5 million pounds or dollars. Um, and essentially, he was he bought her for freedom or to eventually marry her. And he's going to help her either find herself or just kind of live his life from what I've seen. That's as far as I, it goes. Now, a lot of people have said, oh, it's a great story of growth, it's a great story of, you know, all, all these things. Uh, maybe? 
It's just the amount of my enjoyment of this anime happens to have it placed above these other anime that I've watched, the other remaining 30. So, call it hunch, but I think these next remaining 30 or so anime is just going to be a lot faster than the initial uh, 70, because we're kind of just getting to the point where I'm just going to just ramble on about what I thought about the anime initially, and these anime, unless if they have been in... Unless if they have been really good or really bad, it's going to be hard for me to remember the good parts of the anime. Um, eventually, a lot of these anime do tend to blend into just one big mesh of things that I've probably enjoyed, and I'm, I'm, I, I know I'm not going to be doing a good job of, of reviewing all these. And again, just keep those goggles on because I'm not going to be a top-tier anime reviewer. I might one day or at least I'd like to think that, but I am far away from that, and I don't really want to focus on even particular anime shows, but I don't know, I'm more of someone who likes to focus on, like, the characters, or, like, the behavioral, like, dynamics between characters, or perceptions of people, or getting people to, can, you know, think like a character in a new light, you know, those types of, of analysis is not the actual top blank list, so, sorry to drop that bomb seven hours and whatever minutes into the podcast, but surprise. <laughs> anyway, all right, I, I know, I know I'm just being ridiculous, but the uh, Ancient Magus Bride, it was released in fall of 2017. Uh, I, I think I mentioned the popularity is 150, which is fairly popular for a newer anime with a rank of 331 and a score of 8.20. Again, I just don't want to dive too much into this. Although I do like the main character's red hair. Just a side note, I love red hair anime characters. I don't know why. There aren't many. There should be more. So, you should be able to watch the whole show on Funimation. Each episode's 24 minutes long. And it's a mix, according to my anime list, of a slice of life, fantasy, magic, and a shonen anime. Maybe... I can't tell you what it is or it isn't, um, but it, like I said, appealed to me right away, and I plan to watch this. If you haven't watched this, maybe you can watch it and let me know what you thought about it as well. I'm, I would be interested. Uh, like I said, some of these animes I haven't watched, so more endorsements I hear, the more likely I'm going to make that a priority. Moving on. Number 76. Mushishi. Now, Mushishi, Mushishi, I recall seeing on Netflix uh, a long time ago. Like, when I initially watched anime, this was probably the very first anime I watched on Netflix when I got my account. I think it was released in 2010, 2011, early 2012 on Netflix. But it could have been up before, but that's when I first saw it. The series follows like 26 episodes of this guy who goes around uh, figuring out like these good or evil beings. And again, this is similar to The Ancient Magus Bride. I have only watched probably about the first seven or eight episodes. And it seemed really, very interesting. But at the time, I just never really um, was in the mood to probably watch it. Now, that's not to say I'm, I'm not going to go around and watch it again. Or, or try to rewatch it from the start because I'm pro- because it probably 
would be a good idea to not start from the middle this time around. It would probably be an injustice, a bastardization of, I don't know, what anime is all about if I try doing that. So I really want to watch this uh, series from, from the start to end the right way. But I can't be giving ranking this high based off of something that I have never watched fully. So after about five or six episodes, I was fairly interested with the anime, but it seemed like the pacing to me was very slow. Again, this was a like 20, probably 27, 28 year old Joey, maybe, maybe even younger, maybe like a 25, 26 who never at the time was involved into anime when I initially watched this. So that will play a fact that does play a factor in the reason why I have it ranked currently this slow. But again, making that asterisk to put that on my to-do. 26 episodes. My wife did watch this anime too uh, before I did and said it was a phenomenal anime. So I know there are a lot of people that say it's legit, but I just can't rank it that high until I've watched it myself. That's what. So I know some people aren't going to be happy, but um, it does have an 8.72 for those who are curious on my anime list. Ranked number 42 with its popularity number 129. It's a mix of adventure, slice of life, mystery, historical, supernatural, and fantasy. Again, it's got a unique blend, uh, a style. It's based off of, I think, of a manga series, and it follows like the first 26 chapters. So it just seems to be a very well-loved, critically acclaimed show. You really can't go wrong. If, uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're someone that's into like action, all that rah-rah craziness all the time, this won't be for you. But it's something to keep in mind if you're someone who wants to expand your horizons or watch a show from a different perspective from, or watch a new type of show that may or may not be uh, your cup of joe initially. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my spiel at least for this show. Number 77. Welcome to the NHK. Now, I think this is this is both on Netflix and Hulu and uh, Funimation. I think it's everywhere. It's. I, I would find Welcome to the NHK, I would claim this to be a semi-underrated, but almost overrated anime in its own sense with a score of an 8.36, ranked 201, and a popularity of 105. This summer, 26, two, this summer 2006 anime seemed to, seemed to be like a pretty do- solid hit among like the anime community when it came out. And uh, one, one little side note before I dive too deep. Uh, if you find, uh, if you hear of an anime from, that comes from like an animation studio of Gonzo, uh, they have very, very interesting types of anime and I really love the animation studio between this and then another anime, which I did not include on this list until I'm talking about it now, which was like a, like, talk about like a, like a photograph guy that could take photos of things come to life or something like that, or they blow up. I don't know. Um, anyway, if you find an anime that's from the animation studio Gonzo, chances are it's going to be pretty cool and pretty interesting. And, uh, I don't know, it's just generally good shows that, that I would deem worth watching. Anyway, uh, Welcome to the NHK follows 22-year-old college dropout uh, Tatsuro Satu um, has become a neat. It says a uh, Hakikomori for at least four years now. In his isolation, he has 
He has come to believe in many obscure conspiracy theories, but there is one in particular which he holds unshakable faith in. The theory that the evil conspirator is being uh, behind his shut-in neat uh, status is the Nohan uh, Hikigomori Kaiokai, also known as the NHK, an evil and secret organization dedicated to fostering the spread of Hikigomori culture. Welcome to the NHK is a psychological dramedy that follows this guy as he strives to escape from the NHK's wicked uh, mechanisms and the disease of self-raw isolation while struggling to even just leave his apartment to find a job. His unsuccessful encounter with the mysterious uh, Misaki Nakahara might signal a, rever- a reversal of fortune for this guy, uh, but with his meeting comes the ine- an inevitable cost of having to face his greatest fear, society. So, uh, this is probably a synopsis where, if you couldn't tell, a it's something that probably is very relatable to a lot of us, especially those who are kind of hanging out in their 20s or late teens or even even late 20s or early 30s uh, when we're adjusting from school or college or maybe a job from or just living from your parents to entering the real world. Uh, and, I don't know, at, this probably did strike a good nerve in, in, in the relatable portion to me um, this guy, with this guy who is obviously a huge shut-in and how a lot of people uh, from the outside world just come into his life. And and the premise of the self seems pretty cool and it's interesting and he got, and you know you have this paranoid, you know, shutting guy who's getting all into all these crazy adventures, but the tone and overall style of the show and the feel and the atmosphere um, makes it have a very real sense. So like the I don't know. There, there seem to be some disconnects between how the show is portrayed versus what you're seeing on in the show. So, like some moments that might have that might feel like that should be more of a. I don't know. There might be moments or a scene that should be a dramatic scene, but they turn into like a comedy scene, and like the feel and and the action sequences don't match the the actual feelings that a particular character should have, or at least how I perceive it in this type of show. And those would be like that. I don't know. That would probably be like a flaw, like a, a flaw of the show that I didn't like. Um, even though I love the absurdity of ridiculousness shows anyway. This, um, but that's usually in relation to like the world, uh, in the world buildup, and the world logic that's been created, and the world logic and the world buildup in this show just says, hey, like this is this feels like a very real show, or it should be a very real feeling show. Um, so absurdity should be very very spare and not a and not a norm so um but maybe that's my fault for maybe thinking that it should be a little bit more or less different i don't know but uh like i said it's a mix it's on funimation it's a mix between like a psychological thriller drama bit of a romance but i don't know there's just a lot of weird backwards logic in this anime despite the storytelling and the overall concept itself and like following this guy's life is actually really cool but uh, it just I don't know it kind of fell flat at some points moving on number 78 Sailor Moon now <laughs> I know we're getting towards the bottom of the list that Sailor Moon is number 78 and I'm only going to be talking about the first season of Sailor Moon why? Well, Sailor Moon first season holds a very special place for me, mainly because it was the show that 
was on at 6.30 every morning from the ages of 6 through 7 when my parents decided to drop me off at the babysitter every morning and I didn't want to try to go to sleep at 5.30 in the morning and I couldn't fall asleep as a matter of fact. So I would stay up and hope that I can catch a TV episode of what, I don't know, of a cartoon that someone left on. I realized that Sailor Moon was a kind of a funny show, even though I was a little kid, mainly because of the dub version. And I might, I might even be wrong when I said it was five or six. I don't know when the initial show came out, but I should look that up right now. So this show was released in the spring of 1992. So actually, I'm not that far off. I would have been about seven or eight. Yeah, so yeah, I actually would have been still in elementary school. So yeah, this is still, the timing is about right. So... Uh, what I found hilarious with the show is that Sailor Moon, is, at the dub, she just seemed like it was a very derpy, like, funny, blonde girl who didn't know any better. And back then, you know, I guess the jokes were like, blondes were dumb, you know, clueless, all those things. Like, that was kind of like a big deal. And I think that, I, that actually was the first time I was getting, quote-unquote, like, jokes that that made sense. Or at least, like, more of the nuances of, like, how, of, like, tonality and and how to present yourself in jokes, or, like, society, and, like, how people could what, what find, like, what funny is. And uh, the overall premise behind The Other Moon is just, it literally follows uh, Usagi, that's that's her main name. She's, like, a basic, average student. Um, even on the description, it's, a cli- it's described as a crybaby klutz who is consistently scoring low on all of her tests. Unexpectedly, her humdrum life is turned upside down when she saves a cat with a recent crescent moon on her head from danger. That cat, named Luna, later reveals that their meeting was not an accident. Usagi is destined to become Sailor Moon, a planetary guardian with the power to protect the Earth. Given a special brooch that allows her to transform, she must use her new powers to save the city and all these things. And on score versions and timing wise like honestly at the time this is probably would be like a 8 or 9 or a 10 out of 10 anime that's just you know if you were to put someone in that time and you would like that show but as time progresses and how I think about the show and how it relates to me now um, you know it's just a, it's a, it's an enjoyable anime that I would watch once I probably wouldn't even watch it again like I tell myself I should re- replay this anime I'm gonna enjoy I'm gonna enjoy the nostalgia and then I watch two episodes, and then I think, okay, my nostalgia's done, I'll never watch it again. That's kind of where I'm at with Sailor Moon. Uh, it's a pretty interesting show, it's fun. Um, you know, you can make a joke, make a lot of jokes with t- Tuxedo Mask, uh, Usagi. It's, for me, I just found it hilarious how she seemed like the, uh, like the epitome of, like, that girl from Clueless, or, like, the, you know, it's like an uncanny version of her, and then just make her a superhero, and there happened to be an anime version of it. And of course, back then, I just thought it was a cartoon. I didn't. I did not know it was an anime, and a lot of the older quote-unquote anime uh, drawings back then in the '90s almost would almost feel like it could be passed off as a regular uh, American show, um, arguably. But that's a very loose argument. Just, just saying. Uh, you know, I can't imagine myself, like I said, watching the show again. But it does have a score of a 7.74 on my anime list. Ranked for 1027 and with a popularity of 475. I think that's about right, especially if you're someone who is kind of just reminiscing about the show. And, you know, it's a show that is probably not as good as it did seem when you were younger. 
And I think that's kind of where shows like this belong. Obviously, if it did uh, do a lot better, or, if it, or maybe if the show was still airing like more regularly, uh, or have had re-releases that have been more mainstream, and I have to emphasize the mainstream part, because I'm pretty sure there have been re- quote-unquote re-releases. But if there have been like more, I don't know, I feel like this, this could have been a show that might have had long-term mainstream appeal that never got there. But that, like I said, that's just me. That's a, I don't know, if you're someone who's just likes the classics, who doesn't really want to think too much, I think this is going to be an enjoyable show. Like, I can't, I, I, I don't know, I think this is still a good one-off show. Uh, each each episode still, like, it has a standard 24-minute runtime. There are about 40 to 50 episodes in the initial season. And I'm only going to count that first season. I think there are episodes outside of that second season, but I don't know. I heard about, like, women becoming lesbians, and then who likes who, and then the colors change. I don't know. I don't know. I just stick with the first season. I stick with my nostalgia goggles, and I try to remember, and then I adjust. In this case, it just happens to be on the bottom, more on the bottom of the list, but still, you know, it's still good anime in its own. Now, moving on to number 79. Number 79 is Yuri on Ice. Now, this is a newer anime that I believe came out in the spring or summer? No, fall of 2016. With a score of of an 8.12, ranked for 432 with a popularity of 230, I think Yuri, I believe Yuri and, and I st- stood out as one of the top fall 20, uh, 2016 animes. Now, I wasn't too sure. I thought this was a newer anime, but it follows the life of a guy named Yuri Katsuki, who, um, after reeling from his crushing defeat at the Grand Prix, Grand Prix finale, um, he was once a promising young figure. Now he returns back home as a scrub, more or less. At the age of 23, Yuri's window for success in skating is closing rapidly, and his love for port courtlet, courtlets and aptitude for gaining weight are not helping either. So he pretty much is just what he's like. He's just one big sack of sad ice shavings. However, Yuri finds himself in the spotlight when a video of him performing a routine previously executed by a five-time, 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 five-time. Sorry, my, my Booker T got got me. <laughs> But a five-time world champion, Victor, last name, Russian guy, I can't even pronounce it, suddenly goes viral. In fact, Victor finds himself abruptly appearing at Yuri's house and offers to be his mentor. As one of his biggest fans, Yuri eagerly accepts, kicking off his journey to make it back onto the world stage. But the competition is fierce. As the rising star from Russia, Yuri is relentlessly predetermined to beat Yuri. Yes, there are two Yuris. (laughs) There's a Russian Yuri that wants to defeat this Japanese jury. Um, so, it just follows the story. It's 12 episodes. Uh, I've only watched probably half of it, and I enjoyed it, but like, it, there just hasn't been a much of an impact for me. It's like a short anime that feels real. It feels very realistic with, feel, with what it senses to be like longer pacing. Uh, the animation quality is top tier. Uh, it's a newer anime in 2016, so you know the art quality is going to be good, but the animation is pretty on point, especially for a sports anime that is highly focused on more of the technical aspects aspects of a sport that requires attention to detail uh, and with a high degree of difficulty, um, you know, according to like these judges. So, so yeah, the animation definitely has to be on point to actually match the world that <laughs> the anime has given 
sorry, that the anime creator has, well, created, so. Uh, like I said, I, I don't want to dive too much into this particular anime because I have not watched it too much, but uh, I, I can only tell you I already, I already have good vibes. Um, uh, the anime can be weird at times, but I don't know. If you're someone who really likes the anime, this anime should just be so, something on your list and or should be on a list that should be your to watch list or a queue list or a rewatch list like for me because I'm a terrible um, anime watcher that likes to start a lot of anime and then kind of drops off halfway kind of weird but that's just how I roll moving on number 80 okay so if you guys haven't noticed by now I these numbers and these descriptions are starting to just go off the handle and I'm fine with that mainly because the list moving down from 80 through about 90-ish. These shows I have not really watched all the way or shows that I've watched but never really paid too much attention to, so they're either wrongfully placed or I probably need to circle back to. But they still deserve to be mentioned because I feel like I've watched enough to say it's still, in my opinion, better than these X shows that are going to be built beneath it. Just my two cents. So, uh, so yeah, so enjoy Number 80, Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 1, obviously. Now, I wrote a note on Yu-Gi-Oh! I wrote, so bad, it's good. Now, I have not really pulled this up on my anime list because I really wanted to talk Yu-Gi-Oh! from the heart. But, Yu-Gi-Oh! for those of you who aren't aware, it's an anime that came out probably when I was in what, middle school, so that would be around 12, 13 around 1997 that's what I that is what I would have to guess um, and Duel Monsters yeah released in 2000 so I was yeah 14 15 years old and it just it was like the first anime that outside of Pokemon was shown like every Saturday morning on I think the WB and I just thought the show was ridiculous where you know this kid was going around playing a children's card game beating people to try to save his grandmother or his grandfather whose soul was stuck in like a TV. Like the show really made no sense and if how are you check this out when you wake up in the morning or check this out when you have spare time but just type in on YouTube everything wrong with Yu-Gi-Oh! Season 1. It's made by this one guy who just decided to create like a 30 minute rant on like the actual game everything wrong with the rules how the absurdity of the card game exists but, but I'm telling you as a kid it was a blast. Nothing made any sense. It just seemed like it was wild. They were just flying by the seat of their pants, and everyone loved it. It just showed us like the world of the ridiculousness of what anime could offer, how even something as simple as just a basic card game could be really enthralling uh, with you know with the right production values or even just the right scene or settings. Um, and again, it doesn't have to make any sense, and especially for a kid's show, things aren't supposed to make any sense. That's the point. So... So I think the it shows that I'm pulling up my anime list now. It shows it has a score of a 7.67, ranked 1,490, popularity 443. Uh, for me, again, this just seemed to be like one of the first quote-unquote mainstream animes that made it to TV. But um, but you know, next Pokemon and Digimon, it's, I think Yu-Gi-Oh is probably like the third most recognized one for kids growing up. Uh, again, big difference between pointing out most recognized and greatest. Now, this, like I said, mentioned it was so bad it's good. That's the thing. This this deserves its own place in nostalgia. Like, I 
I would never want to watch like Yu-Gi-Oh as is again. I would rather watch in a bridge version. I would rather watch like a a, a faster version of, of Yu-Gi-Oh because it's because I don't know. We we all know it's not that great. So I, don't know. I think a lot of us have evolved from that, and I don't actually recommend anyone who's getting into anime to watch Yu-Gi-Oh. I would probably actually recommend the abridged versions uh, because. I don't know, it just seems like it's just so dated. Like the dub version still wasn't that good and half the episodes didn't even make any sense and it was all still more like friendship related. And as an adult, if I were watching that now, like if Yukio came out now and he threw that into twenty nineteen society, I mean I don't think a lot of people would love it, but back then it struck lightning. It was at the right place at the right time. The right people watched it. Anime was growing. People loved it. People loved the absurdity and it just opened up the door for a lot even more like mainstream anime to come in and to get that visibility out there again those are just my two cents though uh, I put this on like I said 7.57 on my anime list and I don't know I it deserves a place <laughs> um, I think it was done by four kids so the there is a lot of terrible anime production values itself and that's one thing I should mention too um, the anime the the animation quality is terrible. The, um, the, the, the a lot of kids edits edits are terrible too. I don't know. It's it's like I said, so bad it's good. But if you're in the mood, watch it. Number eighty one. Number eighty one. I have D Gray Man. Now I'm gonna do D Gray Man a favor and say I watch this anime and I don't remember a single thing of the show. I haven't marked it as... There's 103 episodes, and I can almost guarantee you I've watched only half of them. And I actually thought it was a pretty decent anime. But I just don't remember everything. I think there was, like, a priest? Is there a priest here? Uh, yeah, sorry, this is this is where the podcast just goes off the handle. I'm sorry, but, like... Okay, so I'm just going to read this D. Grayman synopsis. Maybe I can, maybe I can follow it up with any mental recall. Losing a loved one is so painful that one may sometimes wish to be able to resurrect them, a weakness that is the enigmatic Millennium Earl exploits. To make his mechanical weapons known as Akuma, he uses the souls of dead that are called back. Once a soul is placed in an Akuma, it is trapped forever. The only way to save them is to exercise them for their vessel during the anti-Akuma weapon, Innocence. After spending three years as the disciple of General Cross, Alan Walker is sent to the Black Order, an organization sorry, an organization comprised of those who are willing to fight Akuma in the Millennial Earl to become an official exorcist. With an arm in his, as his innocence and his cursed eye that can see the suffering souls without an Akuma, it's up to Alan and his fellow exorcists to stop the Millennium Earl's ultimate plot, one that can lead to the destruction of the world. With some extra emphasis on the deep world death. Anyway. That's more or less the anime guy with the hand does things like solve problems and levels up, I guess. Funimation uh, does have the first 51 episodes, and then it says here, the explanation they provided for not acquiring the remaining episodes was not that they were licensing issues. However, in June 30, 2016, it was announced that Funimation acquired the rights for the second half of the anime. So it was, so I'm pretty sure, yes. The remaining, all 103 episodes should be on Funimation. The first 53 episodes should be in dubbed. 
but again, I can't remember anything too much of this. Unfortunately, anime fans, I don't think I'm doing this one judging justice, but I just, like I said, at the end of the day, I can only say my level of enjoyment wasn't as high as the other anime, so. Uh, fortunately, that is the breaks. Number 70, no, 82, number 82, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dikashi Kashi. So, I don't think many people have really heard of Dikashi Kashi, um, but I guess apparently, according to my enemy list, it is ranked 344, sorry, 354, so there is a decent amount of hype on this winter of 2016 anime. It's been on Funimation, and the reason why I, I initially thought it wasn't going to get that much hype is because it is also pretty low on my list. And with a score of a 6.7, it seems to be that the general public also agrees um, where this anime stands. Now, that's, the, that's not to say I hated this anime. As a matter of fact, I've only watched probably about two-thirds of the first season, and I do intend to actually keep watching this anime, as it's an anime that is not that I have not dropped. It's just an anime I just watched very slowly. And the reasons are, it's just mainly, this anime is just based off of, like, it's based in, like, a countryside, uh, and it follows the life of this, like, kid who owns, whose father owns, like, a candy shop, and it's just, like, one... It's, I don't know, it's like a fan service type anime where you have, to, like, this one, like, like, I don't know, large-chested anime girl that is, quote-unquote, like, oblivious to, her, like, her, her sexual exploits, and she, there's, like, all these euphemisms for, like, candy and all these games that they play, and I don't know, it's just, it's, a, it's an anime that I really can't watch more than one episode at a time without feeling, like, I don't know, weird. Again, I can't describe it, but, like, there's, there's a level of cringe factor in this anime, but in the same vein, like, it's not an anime you really take seriously, so, I don't know, this is one where it's a hit-or-miss one, and this one is kind of just leaning on the miss side, but I, at the same time, like, I don't think too much about anime, and a lot of these people put their, like, work and effort, and they're, I don't know, someone out there did come up with these ideas, and I still have, and for me personally, I do respect the creativity aspects, it's just, just does not seem to hit like my it doesn't hit my t my funny bone. It doesn't hit my like emotional chords. It's just it's an okay show, and there's not really anything else. So it's okay to kashi kashi. You're you're all right. And if you're someone who likes fan service or kind of that stuff, then hey, check out that show. Um, I just don't think it's uh, for everyone, and it didn't really uh, strike me as amazing either. Number eighty three. Number eighty three. I have fruits baskets. Now, there are two, two Fruits Baskets that exist. There is a 2019 version, which just came out, and I'm currently trying to watch, but I don't have enough information to give it a rank. And there's the 2001 version, if I recall correctly. Yes, the 2001 version, which is on Funimation, possibly Netflix. So, Fruits Baskets is a typical... Actually, it's not a typical... Um, Harem. It's a reverse harem, similar to my other types of favorite anime reverse harems. Well, where it's most guys try to go after the girl, versus the other one where is all the girls go after the guy. That's not to say I hate all the all the regular harems. It's just, dude, it's just played out. I don't like the same played out crap. Like if there's a billion of them out there, you can add a different angle. It might work, but if it's a harem, I just don't. So 
If it's a reverse harem, it's at least a different twist. You can at least add different elements of like society, societal issues, how the dynamic between men and women are change, you know, change, and for, for, for Pete's sake, like, come on, like, it's just oh, these are just simple fun shows. Just don't even think too much about it. So, on uh, my anime list, Ruth Basket comes in with a score of a seven point seven seven. Ranked number 970 with a popularity of 261. So it is a fairly old anime, but it does seem to hold up with, with the test of time. Um, maybe with the resurgence of the newer version of the anime, uh, that probably brought, I don't know, more notoriety to the initial Fruits Basket show. The synopsis um, provided by uh, on my anime list. After the, inc- after the accident in which she lost her mother, 16-year-old Toru moves in with her grandfather, but due to his home being renovated, is unable to continue living with him. Claiming she will find someone to stay with, but also fearing the criticism of her family not wanting to burden any of her friends, Toru resorts to secret living to secretly living on her own in a tent in the woods. On one night on her way back from work, she finds her, she finds her tent buried underneath a landslide. Yuki, the prince of her school, and his cousin, uh, let's see, Shigure? Yeah. Yeah, Shigure. Oh, it's like Shigure. No, Shigure. Famous author. Stumble across Toru's situation and invite her to stay with them until her grandfather's home renovations are complete. Upon arriving at the Suma house, Toru discovers their secret. If a Suma is hung by someone of the opposite gender, they temporarily transform into one of the animals of the Zodiac. However, this strange phenomenon is no laughing matter. Rather, it is a terrible curse that holds a dark history. As she continues her journey, meeting more members of the Zodiac family, will Toro's kind-hearted yet resilient nature be enough to prepare her for what lies beyond the Soma's household doors? So, yeah, it's just... It's a random anime. I don't know, I, I really can't say too much like about this. I enjoyed it. Yeah, most of these are going to be the same thing. I enjoy it. I like it. And let's move on. But I feel like I should still offer you some semblance of whether or not you should like it, depending on if you're XYZ. So, the score is a 7.77. There are 26 episodes, each the standard runtime of about 24 minutes. Now, this is catered towards, uh, I think, teenagers. It did win the 2001 it's the Anime, Anime Grand Prix Award. So, it, it was it is pretty established as a, like, quote-unquote, critically acclaimed anime. Now, the animation style and the art style, I should say, the art in animation is very dated. It's very reminiscent of the of its 2001 release. So, I can't say the 2019 version is better. The jury's still out on that. But I would definitely say you can check out 2000, the 2001 version if you just like, I don't know, regular anime that I don't know, it might be good. But this is not a strong opinion. It's just where I have it ranked. Remember, it's still number 83. And of course, if you're still listening at this point in number 83, almost heading into eight hours in, you can tell that we're winding down. And I'm probably going to put less effort into trying to make uh, really, I don't know, longer efforts into like preventing super long-windiness. I know at this point, if you're still up, you probably should be sleeping. And aside from that, I don't know. If you are getting up, just save this. Maybe save this for another night. I, like I said, I'm trying to help. 
Also, again, if the two hour, if the ten hours is a little bit too long, I might just turn some of these quote unquote ten hour extravaganzas into potentially like six to eight hours and do more, do do fewer. I don't know. Do lo- do more of these like four to six hour episodes so I can get our podcast episodes in um, because the time and energy to create like one episode is only a few hours, which is fine. You know, it takes time to create work, um, even though it doesn't appear to be. It does take time to edit and to try to put these things up on YouTube and try to um, get these up on the podcast and whatnot. And, uh, I don't know. But uh, I had a point. Oh, yeah, the point is uh, just don't expect <laughs> don't expect the higher energy that I've, I feel like I've, I've had prior, um, some, of the, some of the hours prior. So Fruits Baskets is number 83. Number 84, Rama and a Half. Or Rama one half. Now Rama and a half, I recall playing a video game in middle school. I think it was on Sega, and it was a fighting game. There was no, there was no promotions for this game. It was at my local family video, and my brother got it. My older brother got it, and you turn on the game, and you just had all these characters. There was no story. Just pick someone and you fight. That was all that I was invested in that game, and. Come to find out, it was based off of an anime. Uh, like, like I said, it's just it's just absurd how this stuff is released without any background. But but I digress. The uh, Ranma one half or Ranma and a half uh, follows the story of a guy, his grandfather, and a girl. But the guy, the initial first guy I mentioned, I think he turns into a woman if he has like hot water or cold water, and then he turns back to a guy if it's hot hot water or cold water. You know what? Whatever whatever that is. And it just follows him and, and like, his living situation with, like, this girl and goes through, like, all these situations of, like, oh, I'm a girl, and then here are the things I deal with, talks about, like, society, and I, like I said, I'm doing a very quick bastardization of, like, what the show is really about. Go on my anime list and read the synopsis. It's called Ranma One Half. I'm just trying to burn through this because I am very tired, and these anime, I'm just, I don't know, it's just trying to Help, help, paint the picture. With a score of a 7.84, ranked 837, and a rank popularity of 666, Ramon Half actually is uh, seems to be doing pretty well. Now, looking at it right now, even though I have it ranked number 84, it doesn't mean it's a bad show whatsoever. It's just it happens to be a show that didn't really match up with the times, at least currently now. And if I were to watch this show again. In 2019, I probably, I don't know, I feel like it would still kind of be placed in the bottom tier. Not that I, that it's terrible, it's just there's so much better anime out there. So it's, I don't know, if you're someone who likes the classics or if you're someone who's more of like a anime elitist to an extent that really wants to get involved into like the anime community and, and know the history and just to say like, hey, I've watched all anime, you know, that kind of thing, then, yeah, definitely watch the show. But didn't really leave a huge lasting impact on me. The concept itself was pretty neat, um, but I think it's there are more of like I wouldn't say it's played out now, but there are a lot there are a lot of anime that kind of have a very similar twist, where the main protagonist or at least the main character uh, is stuck with a curse or misfortune of being transformed based off of either water or something something random that transforms them. So, so I mean it's a pretty tried and true model. Um, 
But I just think at the time, of course, it's anime. I'm pretty sure it was more like revolutionary and it won a lot of awards. Uh, because I did do a lot of information, did read up a lot about this anime when I initially watched it back in 2011. Or is that 20, 2009? Yeah, I think I've only watched about like 70 episodes. And there's 161 episodes, and I think it had a lot to do with the dubbing. So, I wouldn't go, I guess then, like I said, I wouldn't go out of your way to watch the show, but if it happens to be on, check it out. Number 85. Darker than Black. Darker than Black comes in with a score of 8.18, a rank of 352, as the 74th most popular anime, according to my anime list. It was released in the spring of 2007 from the production company Bones, which I've heard good things about. The synopsis, it's been 10 years since Heaven's Gate appeared in South South America and Hell's Gate appeared in Japan. Dealing the once familiar, familiar night sky with an impressive skyscape, their purpose is unknown. These gates are spaces in which the very laws of physics are ignored. With the appearance of the gates emerged contractors who in exchange for their humanity, are granted supernatural abilities. In the Japanese surrounding Hell's Gate, Section 4, Chief Mazuki uh, Kiyohara finds herself at odds with the infamous contractor codenamed Hiei, called the Black Reaper, in the underground world. Hiei, like his associates, undertakes missions for the mysterious and ruthless syndicate while slowly peeling back the dark layers uncovering a nefarious plot that threatens the very existence of contractors. So the anime itself has about 25 episodes. Each episode is a standard 24-minute run. And with its release in the spring of 2007, this is a fairly old, older anime that I recall watching again, it probably in my mid-late 20s. So that would be around the mid-2010s. So about four to six years ago. And the reason why it's probably a little bit lower on my list specifically is that uh, while I would imagine I enjoyed the anime, it's pretty apparent that how I'm talking about it, it's there, there really hasn't been anything that's been left in the kind of the memorable department for me. It's a solid anime that I really didn't think twice of uh, long term, and it's probably an anime that I don't think I'm actually going to go back and watch. I know some of these anime towards the end, they they probably are worth rewatching given time and whatnot, but uh, with most anime. I really just like to watch an anime, enjoy it for what it is, and if it's an anime that, uh, or a show even just outside of an anime that kind of has more layers to the show and things you want to look back, kind of like Steinscape, that would be a good example. But, uh, but essentially those those types of shows that would require a second viewing, I'd watch them. But for I don't know, it seems like a one-off season, with 25 episodes, it's good, but I don't know, just it's just not my cup of joke. So. In regards to the characters, I can't tell you anything about the characters. And actually, I might even just stop talking about this one specifically. So that is kind of where I'm at with it. And the next the next item, not the next item, the next anime that is in the number 86 spot. Number 86. The number 86 spot anime is also a pretty popular anime according to my anime list, uh, known as Blue Exorcist. So... Blue Exorcist is a heavily popular anime, according to my anime list, coming in at number 16. Even though it has a score of a 7.78 and it's ranked barely in the top 1,000, there are, I believe, a couple of seasons to the show, if I recall. And 
Uh, it's no, it's let's see here. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at the background, so the Blue Exorcist was licensed by Anaplex and semi-casted in North America. Due to the fact that the source material is ongoing, the anime adaptation diverges from its key points, leading to an anime-exclusive ending. Gotcha. So, apparently this is based off of a pretty uh, interesting manga, I guess. Or, yeah. And, it's, I don't know, I just find it very weird how a show like this has a lot of popularity. And, I, like, like I said, I don't think there's anything too wrong with the show. There just hasn't been anything that I've really appreciated about the show. Like, I watched this back in... It was released in 2011, and I'm pretty sure that's when I watched it as well. So, with the with my... I would, I would assume with my resurgence of my love for anime, when I went back to it in 2011, there were, there were a lot of anime that my wife and I watched, and some, I would assume some of our favorite ones tend to have popped up towards the top, and the ones that kind of just felt more of just the regular show, maybe not, not too much to think about. Um, even though looking at the show itself, the character designs are quite unique. Uh, and I am a big sucker for top-tier character character designs because they are more or less crutches for personality and character. But in the same vein, um, if you have good characters, good plot points and whatnot, then having very, like highly memorable memorable characters does add a lot of like emphasis and it, I don't know, it makes a, a show feel I don't know, more welcoming to me. Or more open to buy into the universe. Uh, which I think is kind of what JoJo's Bizarre Universe does. Um, or JoJo's Bizarre Adventure tries to do that. The rewatchability for Blue Exorcist, I, um, like I said, I'm probably doing a bastardization of this quote-unquote review, even though it's only a rank. And I would actually might give this a shot again. If there are new episodes on Netflix, I might rewatch the series or just continue from where I left off. Really, though, I don't have anything bad to say about the show. It just doesn't, it just doesn't strike my chord. Um, but if you're someone who likes anime that's probably newer and is just looking for something to watch, I would put this under that column. Moving on, though, to 